Hello and welcome to the MTM Vegas podcast. I'm Sean Coomer, your host, joined by MTM's managing editor, Mark Osterman, and we have a great show for you. As a reminder, you can watch this show along with all the visuals that come along with it at youtube.com forward slash miles to memories. On this week's show, we have a lot of cool stuff to talk about, including more complaints coming in about Cromwell and the state of that hotel. Plus the all net arena, another arena on the Las Vegas Strip has secured funding. We get a closer look at Fountain Blue, including the rooms, what the pools will look like. You don't want to miss that. And I'll update you on our new dollar loan center arena, fireworks going off in a casino, how they're keeping people safe, tons more to talk about. Plus, we'll go in depth on the Biloxi and New Orleans casinos, a super jam packed show for you. As a reminder, you can find all of our Vegas content, whether it be podcasts, videos, or posts at mtmvegas.com. And if you like this show, don't forget to subscribe in your favorite podcast app. If you're on Apple Podcasts, consider leaving us a five star review. Thanks so much for listening. Let's hit it. So, Mark, did you hear that Resorts World has a new AI assistant named Amelia? She looks, I don't know, I don't think she looks that creepy, but uh, she's there going to listen to everything that you do in your Vegas hotel room. Have they, has anybody at Resorts World watched Ex Ex Machina? Like, I think they should, because that's what I get the vibes of. Like, this chick's going to go out and kill people at the end of it. I don't know. (laughs) Virtual assistants are the worst. They're the worst. I hate them. Isn't everybody used to, like, Siri and you know, Google and all the other assistants. So isn't this just uh, an extension of that? I don't personally like it, but I do have my phone that listens to me. So why not uh, the hotel room? All right, Mark, we're going to talk about what it's like in Vegas right now, some new renderings of Fountain Blue. So a lot of cool stuff coming up, but I did want to shout out to our last episode, last MTM Vegas episode from last week. It's our most watched episode ever. I think 113,000 views as of now. And just want to thank everybody who viewed it, subscribed to the channel, you know, commented everything else. Thank you guys so much. It was really cool to see that episode blow up. Yeah, really uh, unexpected, and and we appreciate everything. Definitely subscribe if you haven't already, and give us a like if you a thumbs up if you like the video and everything like that. But we appreciate everybody everybody that watches on a regular basis, uh, comments on a regular basis. Uh, we love all of you. And definitely check out our Biloxi and New Orleans casino video from earlier this week. A bonus video talking about what the casinos were like there after my recent visit. But let's talk Vegas. Some interesting tweets coming out this last weekend about what it was like at Wynn on a Saturday, and let's start with that. 2 p.m. Saturday, four Wynn's crap tables open, two $50 minimums, two $300 minimums. By 7 p.m., they had seven craps tables open with $400 minimums and three $50 minimums, and no one playing at the $100, so doesn't seem very good, I guess, uh, is that a surprise? Yeah, it's it's crazy. Like, wh- where are we going with this? Fifty dollar minimum craps. That's that's a lot of money. Like, to play any numbers, the pass line, everything, you could lose quickly. You know, five hundred bucks doesn't go very far at that that rate. And I know wins higher end, but come on. Like, if, if nobody's using your tables, what's the point of paying people to stand there and do nothing? You know, lower some limits. The strip is just getting out of hand with prices of rooms, prices to gamble. Prices of food, parking, all that stuff, you know, more and more. I'd say go to Fremont, but Fremont's kind of crazy as far as busyness. Uh, so you're kind of missing out there. Maybe uh, Henderson? Is that is that where everybody should start to head to? Of course. Of course. Now, that's an inside joke for people who have lived in Las Vegas uh, for a long time. There used to be a dealership here, and they would always say in Henderson, of course. So shout out to all you locals. But, yeah, it, it is crazy to see that. Um We'll keep an eye on, on things as uh, we get into you know deeper into March Madness and stuff like that. I'm sure the casinos are going to get busier and the minimums minimum. are going to go up. Yeah, exactly. 
exactly. All right. There was a tweet about Cromwell, and we always love to talk about Cromwell because you love the hotel so much, and I think it's uh, very much overrated. Let's just put it that way. At least the hotel party. Well, you didn't. Casino. You didn't go there before the pandemic when it was new and fresh. Uh, you know, four or five years ago. So I went there on the first day it was reopened after. Being yeah, but it, it was like all, it was scuzzy for months. Remember when you walked by? I was all like. And they had, uh, what, they were taping, like, real-world knockoff there or something crazy like that. So, yeah, you know, it just was a bizarre a, thing. <laughs> some craziness there. But I noticed a lot of wear in the rooms, some dirt and stuff like that. And we saw this uh, Twitter user kind of post pictures showing the furniture just really chipped to hell. Uh, the elevator bank's bad, water damage everywhere. Kind of reminds me of what I saw, which was just some very aged rooms. Shows that uh, Caesars isn't really investing in that property. I mean, does... Any property. That's true. (laughs) We have rumors of the Flamingo for sale. Maybe this will be part of the deal or something. But this used to stand alone as their, like, boutique property, somewhat luxury, high-end. You know, you don't have a huge casino to walk through really close to the Strip. I mean, that prime location. It's weird to see them kind of let this go. Yeah, that's what's really strange because it's it's boutique. It's small. You know, maintenance shouldn't be that difficult. But we've seen it across Vegas, across pretty much the country. It's hard to find cleaning people and keep things up and hotels are struggling on in that aspect. So I'm guessing that's playing a role here, which is still sad to see, you know, when it first opened, I love the color scheme. I like the design, all that stuff. You could tell the furniture was a little bit cheaper and that's starting to show now, but you know, the casino, I still love the casino, the smell of it and the, and the look of it, but you know, to let it get to this, this level on, on something that is a boutique and, and kind of like a higher end of in your portfolio it's pretty sad. I don't know. You know, it has a great nightclub that people go to all the time. It's, it just doesn't make sense. You think this would be one of the properties that you would invest money in and, and, and keep it up. Yeah, I mean, there's investing money in Nobu Hotel. This, I feel like, is just below that and what the rates have always been historically. And um, there's certainly a lot of, I would think, demand for a hotel like that. You know, only a couple hundred rooms, like I said, very small. So it's sad. This would be cool for like an investor to buy or something like to get into the space, you know, smaller end hotel. You don't have a a ton of stuff to take care of or investment in it and just refresh it and kind of make it like, you know, like a Cosmo type of feel where you come in and you're just, you know, wine and dined over the top and treated really well. It wouldn't take a lot because it's such a small property. I think it could be really cool and a unique aspect to the strip and Caesars being Caesars, you know, can't do that. But I would love for them to sell it, you know, get, sell everything. You guys suck. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Uh, You know, they did talk about how selling their property will help them increase room rates, right? Because they're competing with themselves at this point because occupancy is so low. Um, So I wonder, you know, maybe that is on the table if they're going to sell Flamingo, give up that, uh, that corner, but uh, who knows? We've even seen it like. The last couple of times I've gone to Caesar Palace, it's not, you know, in great shape. The pool area has tile falling and mold everywhere and cracks, and they just really haven't invested in upkeep. And since the, the purchase, it doesn't seem like that's going to change anytime soon. Like, they almost just, you know, stayed along until they could, you know, s- sell and merge. And then once that came through, nothing has changed since. So, you know, money grab. Yeah. So we'll keep you guys up to date on what's happening. We hopefully will learn something new about what property they're going to sell and other changes that are happening. We know a Cosmo is going to go into the hands of MGM sometime in the next quarter. So that's going to be something coming up. Palms getting ready to reopen. So that's something coming up. So a lot of changes I'm still, excited uh, for Palms. still coming. 
You know, because they had just refreshed, they had just redone a whole bunch of stuff, and it was kind of, you know, an it property again, and then it shut down. And they've missed this huge wave of gambling, which I was talking about, uh, Travel Fanboy on Twitter about, you know, Vegas has never seen bigger numbers gambling, and this place has been closed the whole time, and it's probably in one of the best shapes when it went, when it shuttered uh, for the pandemic. It was set up to really do well, so I'm kind of, you know, surprised that they didn't get this ball rolling a bit sooner. Well, it's rolling at least, so they have some good staff. We keep seeing new announcements of uh, of people getting hired. I think the the conversation with Travel Fanboy on Twitter happened when he was responding to their like head of public relations saying, "You know, give me a free meal and I'll cover you as a as an influencer or something <laughs> like that." So, <laughs> so uh, we'll, we'll see what uh, what the threshold for that is. There is new news in the North Strip All Net Arena, which is that arena that's been in the works for eight-plus years. It sits on the land, or it's supposed to sit on the land where Wet n' Wild used to sit, just south of the Sahara Hotel. Been just a empty dirt lot for, I don't know, for over a decade now. And uh, basically, they spent $40 million to dig a hole in the ground for what was to be this $4 billion arena. Uh, Jackie Robinson, the former basketball player, former UNLV player, has said over the years he's had various funding uh, that has fallen through. But now, apparently, uh, Active Capital Holdings, Arthur Lewis, who is the uh, head of that, has said that they have secured the funding for the $4.7 billion project, which will have multiple hotels, restaurants, and the arena. Uh, there's also news this week about Why? an NBA <laughs> uh, NBA franchise coming to Vegas, so uh, with LeBron involved and, and some pretty big uh, heavy hitters in the sports industry. We know that T-Mobile is there. Like, yeah, this is a project that seems weird. Do we need another arena in Las Vegas? No. I mean, what are you going to do? Roll the sphere into the hole and call it good? Like, <laughs> where, where where are you going to put all this stuff? I don't understand it. And if you want an NBA team, you already have T-Mobile. You know, there's plenty of multi-use arenas that do hockey and basketball. And if you're if you're owning a franchise and you want to move, why wouldn't you want to save money and, and do that where you're, you know, paying half the freight of an arena instead of building this new monstrosity? I don't get it. I, I don't, you know... Do you need more event space? I I feel like Vegas is already like at the peak of that. Do we need to add more? I don't know. Somebody's going to take a bath on it. Yeah, I mean point. if you if you're Genting and Resorts World, if you're Fountain Blue, if you're anybody who owns anything on the North Strip, you're in favor of this project, right? Cuz T-Mobile and uh, Allegiant Stadium are on the south end of the strip. A lot of development happening on the north, so it could make sense in that way. I guess if they could get the right hotel casino package along with the arena, that could be a you know, a new casino on the north and not just the arena by itself. And I, I will say, Jackie Robinson, this guy has been pursuing this deal for, like I said, over eight years. He's gotten approvals various times. He has not given up on this project when nobody believed in it. And the thing that's a little strange maybe, is that... Maybe they didn't for a reason. <laughs> yeah, no, well, probably. But the uh, uh, Arthur Lewis, you know, said this at like a, an event and stuff like that, but the deal is still not done. They said they'll have it done in a week or two for the funding. So that makes me a little, like, suspicious. We've heard that this project's funded before. Um, you know, Active Capital Holdings is a, is a fairly robust company. So hopefully they, they do it. I guess it's good for Vegas. All these arenas are good for Vegas. But to your point, they're really going to be competing for uh, different shows and things like that. Um, clearly, T-Mobile makes money just having an NHL team. So if they have an NBA team in this other arena, that would probably still work for both parties. But... I still think there's a lot of roadblocks before we see this thing actually get built, but I think it would be a cool project for Vegas, so I'm not going to complain about it. I threw that uh, sphere comment in there for the uh, for the one commenter on 
<laughs> on the previous uh, video that said I don't even like my mom's meatloaf because I always rip on <laughs> MSU Sphere. True, I don't. I don't like her meatloaf. I don't. Well, I don't like any meatloaf, so that's why. I'm very sorry, Mrs. Osterman, <laughs> that he doesn't uh, doesn't appreciate your meatloaf. I'm sure it's absolutely uh, delicious. All right, so let's talk Fountain Blue and uh, this convention website ended up having these new renderings of Fountain Blue. Um, I saw this from Vital Vegas, but uh, we're taking a look at the website there. So there's a lot of new concept art. Most of it seems like convention related, which makes sense because it's a convention site. So a lot of this is what the conference rooms are going to look like. But we get a look at some of the properties, the theater, uh, some of the uh, the pools and stuff like that. And we learn more about it. So we learned that it's going to have a 3,900 capacity theater, uh, person theater, which is, you know, fairly in line, a little bit smaller than the theater at Resorts World and things like at Park MGM, Dolby Live, stuff like that. A 26,000 square foot outdoor hospitality garden to transport you to a lush desert oasis. Very important part. Full service business that center. Cool. Hottest talent from all over the world playing in their 38,000 square foot nightclub, which that nightclub, I believe I see in the renderings, is this three-story space. It looks really cool. Uh, 52,000 square feet uh, rejuvenation and tranquility in their spa, of course. 25 dining and entertainment venues. Eight acres of pristine poolside experiences. This looks very modern. It looks very nice, very much in line with what I like in a hotel. But it seems like it follows a little of that Resorts World corporate feel and doesn't have a lot of Vegas to it. There's still a lot of areas of this place we haven't seen the casino, a lot that they're keeping back. So hard to make a, a snap judgment on it, but looks good, but looks like it could be in any city too. Yeah. And, and renderings are always renderings. You know, how often does it end up looking what they expect early on? So it'll be interesting to see. Hopefully they don't fall into the resorts world trap and, and lose, you know, that identity. That's the problem we have with it there and, and why it's not as popular as it could have been because they didn't do anything unique. There's nothing to draw you in. It's just kind of, you know, a corporate wash. So hopefully they don't fall into that trap. I mean, they have a potential to do something cool with the pool area and in the gardens, outdoor area. That could be unique, something to draw people in. Uh, I mean, we'll just have to wait and see, but at least it's moving. <laughs> Something's it getting is. done. Yeah, it is moving and just more projects. I think Vegas is getting hotter for investment. And, uh, you know, we saw... A lot of the big, you know, Blackstone coming in, buying Venetian, uh, Vici keeps buying everything. There's a lot of money behind uh, Vegas, a lot of belief in, in what's happening here. So it's good. I mean, the thing about Fountain Blue is they have a very limited plot of land, so you're not going to get a lot of great outdoor spaces. Those pools, while they look nice, they don't really reinvent anything. And I really wish we'd get a new, like, modern pool area with some water park features, things like that. I still think it could do really well. I know the closest thing we have is Mandalay Bay, and I started that rumor a while back that Mandalay Bay was going to get a water park, but nobody at MGM was listening to me, so it didn't uh, didn't catch on. But good to see Fountain Blue Project moving forward, and we'll continue to cover that as we learn more. Now, I know one of your favorite shows of all time, Mark, is Pawn Stars, right? You just love watching old historic artifacts get uh, <laughs> appraised on TV. I've, I've watched it a few times. Uh, I've never actually gone down to the store. Have you checked it out ever? I have, and it's like mostly a gift shop now. So first off... Very rarely do you ever find the people in the show in the store anymore. Um, and there's a lot of, like, tourists everywhere. But what I found is they, like, annex most of the store for, like, to sell, like, Pawn Stars merchandise and stuff like that. And the actual Pawn shop is a, a lot smaller. But now they've also built, like, a container park. You know, the container park downtown. They've built their own version of that mall next door. So there's restaurants and things like that 
uh, there, so it, it's okay. <laughs> it's an experience. What'd you do? What'd you do on your vacation? Oh, we went to the container store behind the pawn shop and you know bought some swag and then ate ate some tacos. <laughs> they supposedly have a good barbecue place there uh, that's uh, partly owned by Rick Harrison. So, but what's happening with Rick Harrison in Pawn Stars Land is his mom is suing him. Apparently, she claims that in 2000 or 2001 he made her sign over her share of the pawn business the 51%, and then when her husband died, she got the other 49%, and that he's withholding from her. Why Are you surprised that a pawn guy would be ripping off his own mom? No. Allegedly, allegedly. Alleg- yeah, I better throw that in there. Um, no, I mean, it's just, it is what it is. It kind of goes with the, the whole thing of it. But it's kind of sad that they've gone away from what, you know, built the show up and everything, and it's not really a pawn shop anymore. Yeah, and it's long been known that, like, a lot of the stuff on the show is fake. You know, for instance, they pre-arranged items yeah Yeah. you know oh let's bring this cool thing in so we can talk about it you know type of thing so that is yeah that's sad reality tv isn't real no way no (laughs) (laughs) sorry to spoil that for all of you guys out there all right quick update on the terribly named dollar loan center uh, the new arena in henderson of course uh i walk by there again all the fencing is down now Uh, this will have six thousand seats it's home to the minor league henderson silver knights hockey team and the Nighthawks arena football team. I'm excited about that. I can't wait to go see arena football there. Uh, the the building has like a medieval theme, it's called. it's called Modern Medieval. Guests will be immersed in Knights culture while entering the state-of-the-art amenities from the moment they go through the doors. So they're really trying to tie it in with the Golden Knights. Um, the Golden Knights have you know their own sort of uh, Toshiba Plaza, which is the plaza outside. Uh, this arena is going to have the Tilt Yard, Outdoor Plaza. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a lot of similarities. And they there, have but... tournaments of champions where you eat chicken on the Wednesday nights. Yeah, pretty much. That <laughs> seems like what they're going for. But it, uh, it's looking better on the outside now that some of the signage is up. Uh, of course, there's the words Dollar Loan Center all over the building, which isn't very attractive. But it is growing on me a little bit. I'm excited for this. This is you know just a couple miles from my house. Uh, and it is you know going to have a lot of community events. Plus, we have, like I said, two minor league uh, professional sports teams and it looks pretty good on the inside too so uh yeah so there's an update you guys get a get a look at what things are progressing in henderson uh for the dollar loan center and i should tell you mark that the dollar loan center payday loan place within the dollar loan center is coming along quite nicely i saw construction at a furious pace to get that finished so yeah anybody can get their, so you can get, uh, their loans so you can get a loan for popcorn i guess <laughs> God, all right. Before I get on my soapbox, let's finish up with this. Did you hear the story about MGM National Harbor in the D.C. area? People lit off fireworks inside the casino, apparently to distract everybody, and then they stole a bunch of chips. Uh, I'm surprised that this doesn't happen more often. I mean, certainly in Vegas, there would be this whole other thought process with with shootings and and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it seems like it worked fairly well. They were able to steal chips, and they they didn't get caught. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what everybody thought when they first heard the fireworks, too, that there was an active shooter in the thing. So that's, you know, taking it to that level is is not the greatest. But it is kind of interesting to see with all the security measures casinos have that they were able to be successful. And it sounds like they don't really have any leads or anything. I mean, the problem is, of course, cashing the chips back in. Maybe they watch 21 and they'll have a, a parade of strippers come in and, and cash them in. I don't know if that still works once it's in a movie. But, I don't. yeah, I don't know how they're going to cash them out. That's the problem. 
And it's just kind of reminds us of the whole kind of security mechanism that's in place in casinos now. Uh, we had the rock and roll half marathon here not too long ago. And Resorts World went and inspected every single one of their rooms that faces the Strip. Still a lot of concern around this stuff. And it's interesting that that story broke just to kind of remind us that uh, casinos have changed their protocols and they really do everything they can to make people safe. And probably in doing that, something like this happens where somebody is able to take advantage of that sort of frenzy and that response that no doubt security had to making sure it wasn't shots or anything else to where they were able to not only get the chips, but apparently evade the cameras in some way, or, uh, you know, they're, they're not, they don't seem to have a lot of leads, but who knows, maybe they do. And they're not releasing that information, but it would be scary yeah, this, for sure. Yeah. This plays into, you know, we had talked about a couple of weeks ago, Caesars maybe going to one chip for all casinos. Like this, this is the type of stuff that would be a reason not to, because how much easier would it be to cash those chips back in at little times all over the place Versus, you know, you have to go back to one property. So I, I don't know why any casino would want to do that. This is another security measure basically built in if they have their own unique chips. I mean, if it was enough, they could just kind of roll over to a new uh, design and stuff and leave people in the dust. So those are all kind of options you have built in when you do that. I wonder if they're with these new chips and the RFID, if they're building in, you know, each unique identifier so they can tell which chips have been stolen and and kind of like digitally mark them, kind of like the old day of putting an ink pack when you rob a bank. So I wonder if chip technology is going to progress to that point where if you steal chips, they're able to pretty easily figure out which chips were stolen and then make them worth nothing, kind of taking away any advantage of taking them. So I don't know, but it sucks for whoever no did that. Real life Ocean's 11s, <laughs> <laughs> no real life Ocean's Eleven. then. No real life Ocean's Eleven. Don't light off fireworks in a casino. Don't be that person. Uh, let us know what you guys think about any of these stories. What do you think about the Fountain Blue renderings, that new uh, arena coming to the North Strip? I'm going to say coming because I really do hope it's there. Uh, it's been sad to see that we lost our beloved Wet n' Wild for nothing all of these years. Uh, the Dollar Loan Center, let us know. Fill, fill up the hole with some water and call it a water park. There you go. Mud, mud park. <laughs> there you go. So let us know what you think about any of that stuff. Check out our podcast. We do a, a weekly Miles Points Travel Podcast, mtmpodcast.com. So, Mark, I'm back in my studio at home and uh, back from the southern part of the United States on a road trip, went through Biloxi, went through New Orleans, and I thought it'd be fun to do a little bit of a vlog-style show. So I will show a lot of footage that I got in Biloxi and New Orleans, along with giving people maybe some information on why they might want to visit there. I know you've uh, long enjoyed New Orleans and the Harrah's downtown, and uh, we'll talk about Biloxi that's only 90 minutes away as well. Yeah, back home, uh, you know, Johnny from Nebraska is going to be upset that your mic's in, in front of your face again. It is in front of my face, but our heads are about the same size. We, I'm using my same setup now that I used when I'm traveling here so that the camera is the same distance. So hopefully that makes people happy, even if uh, you got the camera back or the microphone back here in my, in my face. But let's get into talking about Biloxi. And then we'll talk about New Orleans and the Harris there and what's happening there because a lot of exciting changes happening there. But Biloxi is just like 90 minutes away from New Orleans, just down the highway. And what's really cool there is that there's eight major casinos and they're not, you know, all in the same spot. They're kind of spread out. But my favorite thing, like coming to Biloxi for the first time, is seeing the familiar. Like we'll talk a little bit about them, but there's Boomtown. Now, do you know, uh, do you remember Boomtown in Las Vegas? Probably not. No, I don't. Um, you know, quick question, because I've never actually been to Biloxi, but 
you know, is it kind of like Atlantic City where there's a pocket of them here and then there's another pocket of them over here? Or is it just they're kind of just randomly over the all over the place like Detroit? Yeah, they're kind of randomly all over the place, but there are they are in pockets. So I'm going to throw some Google Earth footage up. People can see uh, you have in one little pocket Boomtown in the Imperial Palace or IP. Another Best little casino pocket. name ever. Boomtown. Boomtown. Yes. And and I'll talk. I'll get back to Boomtown in a second. Then you have Beau Rivage and Hard Rock in one other little section. Then you have Harrah's and Golden Nugget in another. And then a couple of other casinos kind of spread out. So it is kind of spread out there. But yeah, Boomtown, I was really happy. I visited there in 2020. Uh, got a lot of pictures. Don't have a lot of video of it. But Boomtown in Las Vegas was where Silverton is now. That was the original name of it. It was Boomtown, an Old West theme, and then it became the kind of the lodge with Silverton. There's also other Boomtowns. There's one in Reno and one in New Orleans on a riverboat as well. So that's kind of cool to see those brands of Vegas past. IP uh, is the hotel also next door to that, which is the former Imperial Palace, which of course is what Link used to be here in Vegas. Is it as crappy as (laughs) the one in Vegas? It's a little newer now. Most of the casinos in Biloxi have been rebuilt after Hurricane Katrina. They all suffered a lot of damage. They were closed. So there's definitely areas that are uh, newer. I don't remember IP being particularly nice. What's interesting is that it is now owned by Boyd Gaming. So that particular property was owned by Harrah's Entertainment at one point, and they sold it off to Boyd Gaming uh, a little bit ago. So yeah, it seems pretty nice, but not anything too crazy. I think most people are going to be interested in the three casinos down on the water. And I'll start with Golden Nugget because that looks a lot like the Golden Nugget here in Vegas. I think it was known as the Isle of Capri Casino, and it was the first casino in Biloxi. And then it was bought by Landry's Corporation in 2012, and then basically completely redone in 2013. And it looks very familiar to what you find in Vegas uh, at the Golden Nugget or even Uh, In some other markets like Atlantic City, they all look very similar. Of course, it has one of those golden nuggets on display as well. So if you're into that stuff, uh, you can do it. And there's a brand new Margaritaville hotel, not a casino, that's next door that has a really cool rooftop, like water park and stuff like that. And uh, it's a really interesting looking property. Now, across the street from that is the property I stayed at in 2020 when I was there. And that's the Harrah's Gulf Coast. And I would just say this is a big skip for me. Like, I would not... I don't think well, there's a any Harris. reason. What do, you, what do you expect? <laughs> yeah, it is a Harris. It's one of the least nice Harris I've seen. The room wasn't all that nice. The casinos were very kind of small. I think if I remember right, there was two casinos split up and it has like the least amount of charm, I think, of any of the casinos in Biloxi. But it is right across the street from Golden Nugget. So those couple of casinos are sort of clustered together there. But my favorite part of Biloxi, and I think where most people would probably want to stay is where Beau Rivage is, and the Hard Rock, which is right next door to that. And that's because those are probably the two nicest properties in Biloxi. And, you know, Beau Rivage, you've probably seen it, Mark, is like a mini version of the Bellagio. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like similar to Atlantic City, where, you know, Hard Rock's the nicest one on, on the water, and then in Borgata is like the nicest one off a bit, and that's kind of like the, the Vegas-style uh, hotel that you that you go to if you're in Atlantic City and you're in Borgata you you feel like you could be in Vegas and, and you have to go outside and look at all the nastiness that is Atlantic City. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of like that. And if you did like Beau Rivage and Hard Rock and went back and forth, you could walk between them in a minute or two and 
really kind of not deal with the rest of Biloxi, which in many areas looks very residential. Like you'll have these casinos and right behind them is a bunch of houses or uh, stuff like that. So it's kind of interesting to see how it- That's pretty unique. Been yeah. yeah, how it's been integrated. But let's talk Beau Rivage. Now, it does look a lot like the Bellagio. So you will see uh, it's very much made in that same style, uh, built by MGM Resorts. It features 1,740 rooms and 72,000 square feet of casino space. So it's a pretty big casino. And, and everybody everybody lines up outside for the the fountain feature, right? For the show, <laughs> not quite. Yeah, the, the, no. There one area that it really falls short is the outside. The exterior hasn't been kept up very well, and you're seeing all kinds of like, you know, like fading paint and stuff like that. And then they have one single like old school fountain out front, and it wasn't even turned on when we visited there just uh, this week. Uh, so uh, yeah, did they no. have, did they have any uh, people bathing in it like Caesars? <laughs> I don't think it would be very uh, good. Maybe a maybe a bird or something uh, would fit in there. Now, what's interesting is back before Hurricane Katrina, the way that these casinos had to be built, they had to be built over water. So the Beau Rivage is a good example of that. The whole casino was built on like floating docks, and the very front of the property is where you find like the the lobby. They have some very kind of open spaces. It doesn't feel like the Conservatory at Bellagio. It feels kind of like a it's trying to approximate that with less money or something like that. But the hotel, all of the, a lot of the restaurants and stuff are on the front end of the property on the land side. And then the casinos built to the back over water. Now they I, did change the rules for that after Katrina and they can still, they can build casinos on land now. I was going to say, can we like talk about how stupid this is that certain places, like you see it with the riverboat casinos, like, Oh, you can't have it on land, but let's just park a boat out here. And it, Oh, okay. Like, what's the difference? What does it matter if it's on land or if it's in water? And you see with floods and stuff, it's not a good idea. So, I mean, it's nice that they've changed the rules on that. But this isn't just in that area. Like, we see it in Indiana and stuff like that where they require casinos to be on water. It's just stupid. It's beyond stupid. Yeah, it is crazy. And now I think the rule is that the casino has to be within 800 feet of the shore so they can still build it on land. And so a lot of these <laughs> have been So the next time, we just want to make sure it gets hit by any... Huge uh, storm. There you go. Good. Yeah, it has to be near water. That's the rule. But at least it can be built on land. And, you know, a good example of that is Hard Rock, which we'll talk about in a second. But Beau Rivage, you know, it feels really nice. It feels like other MGM properties, maybe like Borgata or maybe something more like MGM Grand Detroit, like a regional MGM property. But it'll feel at home if you're used to Vegas-style casinos. When we were there, it was very, very busy. Like I said, uh, it's not as nice as the Bellagio. Like, you can look at materials used like cheaper cuts of marble. Like it doesn't feel that level of high end. And the pictures of the rooms don't seem like they are all that great, but uh, it is a nice property and certainly one that draws a lot of people. Definitely the most busy of the casinos when we visited uh, this week. Now the other one, Hard Rock. Now Hard Rock has an interesting history. It was under construction in 2005 when Hurricane Katrina hit and the entire casino was destroyed. Absolutely destroyed in Hurricane Katrina, and a lot of the hotel was. It didn't open, I think, until 2007, recovering from that. And that's sort of where they changed the rules and allowed them to you know, not build on docks and reinforce everything and put some of the casino over water. Now, it does feel a lot like other hard rocks you may have seen, like the old hard rock in Vegas, some of the hard rock properties in Florida. But it's interesting because it's owned by what was Twin River Worldwide, which is now Bally's Corporation. So it's a hard rock owned by Bally's Corporation, not Hard Rock International. Features 500 hotel rooms, uh, 50,000 square feet of gaming space, 56 table games. 
has a really awesome guitar sign out front that stands 112 feet tall. And the casino is like circular, tons of LED lighting, like a really cool atmosphere. This is my favorite casino in Biloxi. Yeah, Hard Rock usually does it right, even though it's kind of weird that it's not owned by Hard Rock, uh, one of the few. But they always, same design, similar looking, um, and they always have that flair which I'm really curious to see how it comes out in Vegas with them building that and the guitar tower and everything. So I'm looking forward to that a lot. Probably the most anticipated since Circa, of course. (laughs) (laughs) So there are a couple other casinos, Palace Casino Resort and Treasure Bay. These are just uh, more, you know, properties. I think Palace Casino is a pretty nice property. Treasure Bay seems like it's a little smaller and older. But yeah, eight casinos basically in total there. Now, if you... Head up about an hour and a half. You can end up in downtown New Orleans, the French Quarter, all the cool stuff that you want to see there. And right in the heart of downtown, right next to the Mississippi River, is what's currently known as Harrah's New Orleans. And you've stayed there, right? Yeah, I've stayed there a couple times, uh, once in a suite, once in a standard room. Both both stays were great. Uh, it's really, it's probably my favorite Caesars property outside of Vegas easily. And it might be even you know, my favorite compared to all the ones in, in Vegas, you know, it's right up there um, as far as, as that goes. So it's a great place to, to go stay, especially if you have like a seven stars um, where you get your trip every year stuff. That's a great option to redeem. Um, I love the New Orleans area, of course. And even though it should seem like it's the same as Vegas, like late night drinking, lots of partying, lots of, you know, the atmosphere is great. It just feels different. Don't you think the vibe's different? Like, I don't know, you know, less of a, a Richard, I guess, <laughs> but just yeah. more laid back and cool and just, you know, it's not for everybody. Definitely. There's a, a dirty side to it and a lot of smells that you get uh, when you're walking around the French Quarter and everything. But I just feel like it's good if you if you always go to Vegas and you've never been to New Orleans and you are a Caesars member, I definitely say check it out get a different vibe, different city, as well as a great property. The hotel is amazing. And uh, they're changing to Caesars, which I think fits more with with the level of quality that it is. Yeah, so the Hotel Harris opened in October of 99 and has 450 rooms, 115,000 square foot casino, which is a giant casino. And it does feel like a big Very Vegas cool style casino. Yeah. casino. Yeah, different pockets of it, different things. I do have some video I'm throwing up here that I was able to get. Uh, 2,100 slot machines, 90 table games. This is a massive place. And as you pointed out, they are in the model, they're in the process of remodeling it into Caesars New Orleans, and they're spending $325 million. Did see a lot of the construction going on. A new entrance is being constructed, new facade, and basically kind of redoing a lot of the rooms and adding another 340 room tower as well. And uh, yeah, it's a great location right next to Mississippi River. Like I said, it's about 90 minutes door to door between Harris, New Orleans and Biloxi. So very easy to do these sort of as a combined trip. I actually, a couple years ago, the first time I went to Biloxi, we had a meetup in New Orleans for Miles to Memories. And then I drove down there for the day. Uh, this time uh, I took, the, <laughs> I dragged the family along so I could film while we, uh, while we yes. uh, were driving through on the way to New Orleans. But yeah, it's really cool. And the way they have the casinos built on the backside in Biloxi, you know, it's okay if you have a family too, because you can, you know, deal with the hotels and everything without actually having to go through the casino, which is kind of nice, unlike in Vegas and elsewhere. But Harris, I definitely think New Orleans is uh, a property that I can't wait to see the transition to Caesars, that property that I really like. And I had just forgotten how big and kind of cool that whole property was uh, when I walked it last week. 
Yeah, and it's kind of unique that the hotel is across the street from the casino and it's connected by an underground walkway, essentially. So you have to, you know, go through that versus you walk out of the, when you walk out of the lobby of the uh, hotel, you're in the city, like you're not attached to the casino, which is kind of unique. And that makes it cool too, if you're with family and stuff that you don't have to walk through the casino to get to. Um, as well as I should point out, like the steakhouse there is, oh, we've always had great food there, a good uh, use of your dinner, $100 diamond dinner certificate. And then um, whenever you play there, I feel like they they rate you differently. And I think it's better than Vegas. Like some of the best offers I've ever gotten have been from gambling there. So if you gamble in Vegas and you've never been there, when you go there, you know, put the, the time in the, you know, the first first night or whatever, and, and you'll see some pretty uh, lucrative offers come your way. I even had like a limo pickup once there, uh, as well as a flight credit a couple times. where will give you a couple hundred dollars towards flight. Never seen anything even close to that. Uh, when going to Vegas. So that's kind of a cool aspect to it, I think. As well as I should say, like their Diamond Lounge, when Laurel Lounges were a thing, um, was smaller. So this was like the only casino in the whole uh, Caesars Entertainment thing that would give you four free drinks at any bar as a Diamond member, you know, up to $15. So you don't have to go into, you know, overcrowding in the lounge and everything. So it was always really cool. You go to dinner, you're two drinks per person are, are covered at dinner. You know, that's a huge hit to your bill right there. Yeah, it's a it's a cool property, and I can't emphasize how neat the location is. It's right on Canal Street, which is the major sort of hub. You cross Canal Street, you're in the French Quarter. Three-minute walk to Cafe du Monde, you know, two-minute walk to the Mississippi River, and, you know, you're right in the heart of Bourbon Street probably in five minutes. So uh, it's definitely a cool thing. Highly recommend doing this. We'd love to hear you guys what kind of comp offers you get when you go to Biloxi, go to New Orleans, you know, any kind of color you guys want to add to it. Make sure to leave a comment. I know a lot of you kind of like to do it, but I know a lot of people have been asking what it's like to go to these places, what you need to do as they're looking for maybe more value oriented places to go a little bit cheaper than Las Vegas. Oh, Vegas is an offering value. Oh, hmm. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, at least in Biloxi, it's you have a very wide range of casinos. You have a little bit of strip. It's really beautiful, too, in the summer with all the water and and the views and things like that you get, uh, similar to maybe Atlantic City in that way. So it's neat. Do they have a a boat at all going down the river, kind of like they do in Laughlin, or no? Not that that I've seen. They do have tours and stuff, but I don't think there's anything connecting all the casinos other than uh, probably driving. So definitely would say you need a car in Biloxi, or I guess you could Uber around. But if you're going to stay in one of those little pockets like Beau Rivage, Hard Rock, or you know, Harrah's, Golden Nuggets, stuff like that. Maybe just getting an Uber would be fine, but uh, I think renting a car in New Orleans, making that drive, certainly worth it. And can't wait to hear your guys' best tips. What's your favorite property in Biloxi? What do you think about Harrah's switching over to Caesars in New Orleans? And what are your favorite sort of Gulf Coast gambling memories? Let us know down in the comments. Thanks so much for watching. Talk to you next time. See you next time.